Welcome to Bible Education Institute. My name is Reverend Henry Kelly. Today, uh, the sermon we're going to be uh, going over is called Hope in the Last Days. Hope in the Last Days. And you may say, well, why are we going over that? Well, some people say today, uh, in the current days we're living in, and this is uh, Sunday, uh, September 13th of 2020, and we're going through a lot of things that seemed seems to be part of the last days. If it's not the last days, it's um, here the coming up of the last days, and uh, plus everything you see, it coincides with the Word of God. So we're going to cover this today. Okay, and I'm going to read out of the NIV, the New International Version, and we're going to the New Testament uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Uh, verse 3, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, verse 4, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, verse 5, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. So, so really, the, according to uh, the the first uh, uh, the New Testament church at the beginning, even then they were thinking that this was the last days, because the same thing we see happening now has been around for a long time, but in America where I'm preaching from, the America has really been spared a lot. I mean we've gone through different things, but we've been spared a lot to keep the freedoms we have, which is currently trying to be. Um, destroyed that we have now um but we've kind of overcome a lot but there's still a lot of people who are doing that behavior that we just read you know i mean look what it says it says now see if you can think of people you know maybe yourself because uh, i used to be like this myself but also it says, uh, let's see, going back a little bit, it says, people will be lovers of themselves. What do you see you have, look at the magazines they have out here in the U.S., which is, uh, it's called Self, Us, you know, You, whatever. But it's all about what? Yourself. You know, when you look, when you read in it, it's about how to, to make yourself happy, uh, pleasure and all this stuff. But it has nothing to do with God. Nothing. Plus, what do you see now going on, especially with youth that's coming up? Uh, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient in their, uh, to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Verse 3, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal. Not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure 
rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but deny its power, have nothing to do with these people. Did you know that the churches are doing the same thing? You have uh, so-called ministers who don't even believe the Bible. They believe it's a nice literature book, but they don't actually believe it. So I say to myself, why would you go into something you don't even believe? You know, maybe um, 20, 30 years ago, a little bit longer, maybe people who, who really didn't, didn't understand or didn't know went in for prestige because, especially in the United States, at one time, being a minister seemed to be prestigious, you know, not any longer. Um, but also, you have the schools, if you go to seminary school, right, most seminaries now teach that it's just a good book. So I'm like, why would you call yourself a seminary for? A uh, seminary is uh, here to be educated in the Word of God, to study the Word of God. But if you're not believing what you're reading, why do you bother? You know, it always kills me. It's kind of like uh, you have people now who want to take the good things that we have, like organizations, uh, say like the Girl Scouts, right? Well, of course, uh, certain people didn't like that who hate God and hate anything good, so they, so they come against that organization, and eventually it collapses. They give in, um, either because of the threats or because of, uh, of the finances or whatever. And the same thing with Boy Scouts. The Boy Scouts was one of the last organizations for children that was that had hold, that held out for a long time, right? And, and I was in the Boy Scouts and I loved it there. It was really good, and I managed to get uh, to like the highest rank that you can get for a youth to get in. But they had standards back then, and, and the main thing that was looked up to was God to be godly. Then even though all the things you had to memorize was about being a godly and good person, you know. But even they have collapsed and they caved in to the pressure, uh, whether finances, whatever the case may be. They've caved in because people no longer stand for anything. And you have companies doing the same thing. They think that if they kind of give in that they'll be left alone, but not so. The more you give in, the more you hate it because because you don't stand for anything, so they come at you even more, because you stand for nothing, you know? Uh, even the most evilest person will have respect for someone that stands strong for something, you know, who won't let them just take them over, at least they'll respect them. They may hate them, but they will respect them, you know? But when you give in, then there's no more respect, they just treat you like you're nothing. Because you've given in or you show fear and you can't do that the only thing we should fear is the Word of God and what God says we should be fears of God none of man because man can only kill your body but God can till can kill the body and your soul where if you reject him he rejects you and you end up in hell burning for eternity where there's no time not only burning, but feeling the pain, being tortured and everything for eternity because of your rejection of God. Of turning God away. And all the many times he's come to you, whether it's convicting your heart at certain times and you just turn away from it. Somebody comes and 
tells you about the good news of Jesus Christ, about repenting, asking God for forgiveness because of your law breaking, because we've all broken the Ten Commandments, God's moral law. It's lying, stealing, uh, looking at another person with lust, according to Jesus. Um, that is considered uh, adultery because you're already done in your mind and your heart. Uh, making a graven image, that means you've made a God in your own mind who accepts everything you do and so forth and so on. So that's like four we've only looked at and there's ten. We've all broken this. You know, you can lie to yourself say, oh, I'll do that. Yeah, right, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, right. Keep fooling yourself. And if you continue in your lie and you die, you'll end up in hell with a memory of all the things you've heard forever and eternity. But there's no way out for you because it's too late then, you know. So, so, so what is the hope in the last days? The hope in the last days is God, Jesus Christ, salvation. Amen. That way, because once you come to Christ, you repent of your sins for your law breaking, breaking God's moral law, the Ten Commandments, and you ask God for forgiveness, and then you transfer the trust from yourself to Christ alone as you would a parachute if you're in a plane about to crash and you get a parachute, you put it on, you hold on for it to your dear life because you know it's going to save you from the jump you're going to have to make. But you might have people in there who are insane who are laughing at you because they don't understand the danger, but you do. And they just make fun of you, but you don't care because it's going to save you. And putting Christ on will save you from damnation and eternity in hell, being on fire and being tortured. Now some of you say... I don't believe that. It doesn't matter. It don't matter what you believe. It's what is. You know? You say there's no God. Well, somebody created this earth. It just didn't pop up. It wasn't a big bang and all this. It just came together. That makes no sense. So you're telling me that if you're reading a book, that all of a sudden, out of thin air, the book just pops on, just, just pops in your hands, and all of a sudden the pages come and just, just slams on the book, and then the color goes on it, and, and, and the print, then it calls itself a book and has a name on it, whatever. That's what you're saying. Just just happen to just do that, you know? Just like that. It's amazing, isn't it? It's insanity, you know? Because rejecting God makes you crazy. It makes you totally and completely insane. Do you know the insanity has got so bad now that I just heard the other day that if... They could, they would like to make anyone who believes in God to be able to call them insane and have them locked up. That's how far we've come in America and a lot of places around the world, unfortunately. And, and as mostly in those who used to believe in God, the Western world. They used to believe in God, in Jesus Christ, right? But through the years, they've rejected it because of the blessings they've had and they turned to to um, loving the blessings, but rejecting the one who blessed us with the blessings, you know, and that's the insane part. It's kind of like if somebody, like if uh, if somebody comes and uh, you have a disease, but you don't have the money for the cure because it's rare, and somebody comes and say, "Well, I'll pay for that cure to help you because I." I have compassion for you, right? So you take it and you're healed and then, so that's like better than your best friend, right? Because they came to help you when nobody else would. 
and then you go to them and says, well, I want nothing to do with you because I just don't like you. Wouldn't that, that's the same thing. Somebody came and helped you, blessed you, right? But you're thankful for the blessing, but you reject the one who blessed you. That's the problem. That's where we're at today. And that's why we're under judgment. I don't care what they say. You got many people say, God wouldn't do that. It's all in the Bible. You when the people, a nation reject God, they fall under his um, condemnation. That is curses because you're rejecting him. He tried to warn you and warn you over so long. He'll send uh, like storms or earthquakes and uh, famines and droughts and all that to wake you up. But if you continue, he just lets you be took over or just be completely destroyed. It's all in the Bible. Read it. It's there. And if you don't know it, it's because, number one, if you don't know God, that's understandable for you not to read the Bible because you don't know God. But if you're a Christian and you say you know God, yet you pick up the Bible once in a blue moon, you're not going to know that because you're not going to be studying anything. You know? So you're starving yourself spiritually. But if you were to do that physically, it wouldn't last long. If you only picked up the Bible once a week or whatever, try eating once a week, see how long you're going to last. Oh no, we feed our bellies normally three times a day. If not that, at least once a day, we eat something to keep going. You know, some people overdo it. But when, but if you do that with the Word of God, you become stronger in Him and know, and know what to look for and, and you wouldn't be blinded. You know, instead, uh, most people who consider themselves Christians, may or may not go to church. Those that do may go occasionally. You have those that kind of go uh, uh, go every week, but they actually don't read the Bible. They don't study. They don't talk to God in prayer because prayer is talking to God uh, uh, um, yet. So that's why they're being fooled all the time. But you have ministers, pastors, whatever, doing the same thing. So they're teaching the congregation what they don't know. They may give them a history lesson in the Bible or they might go over some scripture, but to actually make a stand for Christ, unless they're a biblical believer who fears God and don't fear man, unless they're like that and they're willing to stand and don't care about their life or what happens, for those who don't do that, then you need to get away from them because they're not standing for God. They're supposed to be leading you to Christ. They're supposed to teach you the Word of God and encourage you to read the Word of God daily without fail and do what it says. And they don't because they don't even do that. In fact, some of them don't even read it at all. They just take experts or they'll, now you can go online. You need to just get stuff you need and read it. Uh, they treat it like a job. But being a pastor is not a job. It's ministry. You're working for God. You've got all these people that you're preaching to. You're responsible to them. You're responsible to them because you're over their souls, but you don't fear God because God's going to hold you accountable. You know? So it, it, it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. A fearful thing. Okay, we're going down to verse 6. They are 
and uh, this is still reading in Second Timothy chapter three, going at verse six, and I'm going to read till verse nine. They are the kind. Uh, let me see. Oh yeah, they are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Verse 7, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse 8, just as Janus and John Bruce opposes Moses, which you can find in the Old Testament, book of Exodus, so also these teachers oppose the truth. See, those two came against Moses because they didn't like what he was doing, even though God had chosen him and he was doing God's will. Um... They are men of depraved minds who are, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. Verse 9, but they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. Everybody's going to see what's going to happen to these jokers. You know? And through the years we've seen different ministers fall because they um, took their eyes off of God and they were believing in the wrong thing. You know, they weren't Believing what the Word of God said, they were believing in a certain kind of teaching that it took to a whole nother level, which God said enough, and so they paid the price for that. And you can see it all through the centuries, the good ones and the bad ones, you know? And, uh, and that's what we need to stay away from. Okay, now we're going to... Um, we're going to read in verse 10, a final charge to Timothy, this is Paul talking to Timothy. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance. Verse 11, persecution, sufferings. What kind of things happen to me in Antioch, Iconum, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured? Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Verse 12, in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You hear that? Everyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. So don't think it's an easy thing. Right now they're preaching, oh, just got to forgive you if you sin, just come and keep doing whatever. No. There's a price to pay for serving God, but if you can read in Matthew chapter 10, where it clearly says that fear the one, don't fear the one who just killed the body, but fear the one who can destroy the body and soul, which is God. Then it also says if you reject God before men, he'll reject, uh, he'll reject you before the Father, or Jesus Christ will reject you before the, the Father, who is the Son of God. So let these words, you need to hear this and hear it well. And, and let these words stay in your, your heart and your mind because I'm here because I care about you and I love you. Yes, I don't know you. I don't know who's listening. But I love you and I care about you because I want no one to die and go to hell. When you don't have to. That's why you have preachers and missionaries because they love and care about souls they don't even know about. And they're willing to suffer for Christ and suffer physically and everything else. To get the word out to those who haven't heard it. And that's why I do these videos to try to explain it simply because the Bible Education Institute is here to simply explain the Bible in the simplest way possible so you can understand and give you the good news as simple as possible, but tell you what it's all about so you hear it, understand it, and then do it.
Because if you don't, you reject God. When you die, it's over. It's too late. But as long as you're living and got breath, you still got a chance to get right with God. And getting right with God is repenting, asking God for forgiveness of your sins, your law-breaking against His moral law, the Ten Commandments, then repenting of your sins, transferring the trust from yourself that you've always had to Christ alone, as you would a parachute to hang on with it because it's going to save you for the jump to come. And Christ will save you from the judgment to come. And this is serious. This is a joke. You know, uh, I've gone a lot to different churches or whatever, and I hear people where everything in their sermons is just a laugh and a joke. It's not. It's serious. And you need to take it as such. If you're lighthearted about it, it's like that. And people are going to think you're just not very serious or it's not serious to listen to, but it is. It's serious business. This is life and death. If you want to get out of this world alive, that means spiritually, your spirit's going to live somewhere, either heaven or hell. And again, it don't matter what you believe, it's what is. The Bible's been around for forever, or, or, or at least the Word of God has, His words, has been around for a long time. It's been tried to be destroyed. Many people have tried to get rid of it, but it's still here because it belongs to God. And God is real. You know, you can call me crazy, lock me up, whatever. I don't care. Doesn't bother me a bit. They put me in jail. I have a prison ministry. That's fine. Whatever. You know, but I'm going to serve God to, just like Paul said, he said, to live is for Christ, to die is gain because he's going to heaven. So as long as I'm here serving Christ, when I die, I'm going to be in heaven. So, I, so my mind's made up and you got to make your mind up and make it up quickly because you don't know how long you have. You can be dead today. You know, you can die any second, any minute. Just think of all the ways you can die. You can slip and fall. Or just something that I heard just the other day that, that somebody had, um, that they're in a wreck or something. And somebody, uh, one person died, the other one didn't. And the other one just had like this, somehow he just got hit just right. And it wasn't much. It was just a little bit. He shouldn't have died, but he did, you know. Um, but you see, you hear that all all the time i remember watching like some youtube videos and stuff and it uh, uh, for whatever reason I have sometimes it'll pop up where it shows people getting killed and they have it they're taping the whole thing or it's on their their cell phone you know so it's recording and then somebody puts it on youtube but like the other a uh, uh, while back i was watching where they had these two young girls i think it was in europe or something two young girls riding around and they were speeding too fast they were going to meet some people and have fun or whatever, and they had no, their minds weren't on nothing but just having a good time, whatever they call good, you know. And they're driving along, and boom, something happened. Their car flips, and they're dead. So their cell phone, oh, it's one of the cell phones where it was recording because it was on. Because I think they're doing Facebook or something, like live Facebook, talk to their friends, and they just kept recording, and it showed that. You know, you don't know when your time's going to be up. They thought it was just another day for them. Don't know. You never know when your day's up. You know? It's something to think about. You know, all this feel good and stuff that's going on are this um uh this kind of like a encouragement speeches in the in the pulpits in the churches, man. That's that's not gonna get it. You need truth, the truth of God. So we need to be uh, so we need to go back to that truth. Look what it says. Um okay, I'm gonna read in the English standard version. Uh, and so this is judgment, uh, judgment on arrogance and oppression. The Lord has sent 
Uh, let me see. And this is. Uh, let me see. Well, anyway, this is judgment and arrogance. The Lord has sent a word against Jacob. Then it will fall on Israel and all the people will know Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria who say in pride and arrogance. Now look what it says. This is what happened. Uh, this is from, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was from, I think it was the book of Isaiah, where it says there, it describes the judgment we went through through 9-11. And look at this. Uh, the Lord has said a word against Jacob, and it will fall on Israel. And then it drops down to verse 10. It says, the bricks have fallen, but we will build and uh, we will build with dress stones. The sycamores have been cut down, but we will put cedars in their place. But the Lord raises the adversaries of resin against him and stirs up his enemies. The Syrians on the east and the Philistines on the west devour Israel with open mouths, for, for all is this anger has not turned away and is hand stretched out still. And what that meant was, they had a catastrophe happen, but instead of repenting to God, they said, we're going to rebuild. Where did you hear that from? They said that very thing, uh, 2001, a few days after that big disaster that, that we had in America here, where the towers came down, and now it's known as 9-11. But, but they said, the leaders at that time said the very same thing. We're going to rebuild, and they quoted this particular scripture. You can go back and watch it on YouTube. But, yeah, it's, it's in Congress. They literally got up and read this this thing here. It's, it's crazy. It's insane. So instead of repentance, it's we're going to rebuild. Every time something bad happens, we should be repenting for our sins. That's what we need to be doing It's repentance. That means asking God for forgiveness for our sins and our nation. John 16.33 says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's Jesus speaking. He's overcome the world. Our hope is in Christ. Christ alone. That's the hope that we can have through any time. Good, bad, ugly, it don't matter. We need to be with Christ. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 8 through 18, English Standard Version Jesus is the one-time sacrifice. Okay? And it says, and by that, his crucifixion, by that, that's verse 10 of uh, Hebrews 10, verse 8 through 18. And by that, will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So you see, Christ already did it. And all you have to do, well, it's not all you have to do, but you have to be serious with this, because this is a serious thing. It's not a joke. Look, let me take you through the good person test and see how great you are. Most people think they're good people. Not everybody, but the majority of people do. Have you ever lied? The Bible says that you would be called a liar. Have you ever stolen? It don't matter how long ago it was, everything's in the past, it doesn't matter. Right now, what I'm saying is gonna be in the past. But even a paperclip or borrowed something, you didn't bring it back with a pen, paper, whatever it was, it's called stealing. You see, God's standard is way higher than ours. We just just let things go. Oh, it's fine. No, it's not. Not according to God. 
You see, we think we're all that, but we're not. God's perfect. We're not perfect. So God's very holy, right? So have you ever looked at another person with lust? Everybody I know has. Um, you would, uh, according to Christ, Jesus, in the New Testament, he said, if you've looked at another person with lust, then you've already committed adultery. That means cheating on someone else, whatever, in your heart, in your mind. It's still sin, any way you look at it, right? So, that's only, well, I think, three of what we looked at. And then, have you ever made a graven image? Uh, make a God? Yes, you have. We've made a God in our minds because whatever we do, we accept. So, we have a God that we created that's who's like a divine butler. Comes running when we want it, and we put it back on the shelf when we don't need anything. That's not the Bible. It's not God. It's not how it works. None of it works that way. So, what do you have to do to be saved? Well, number one is... You have to understand that you're a sinner. You can't be, it's like if you, if somebody says you've broken the law and you have no clue what they're talking about, you're going to call them crazy. But if they said, hey, you were caught with the camera speeding and you're guilty of running a red light, now you know and you understand I'm guilty, especially when I have a video of you and everything, right? It's the same thing. We have to know that we're guilty before God, and we are. All you got to do is read the Ten Commandments. You can find the Old Testament book of Exodus chapter 20 is right there. Okay? And so now here's what you need to do. You know you're guilty before God. We need to ask God. Come with a sorrowful spirit, a contrite heart, a sorrowful spirit. And ask God to forgive you of your sins and then transfer the trust that you have in yourself to Christ alone. And start, get a Bible and uh, uh, you can get a King James, uh, uh, NIV, the International Version, an ESV, English Standard Version, they're pretty good. Or the Living Bible, that's, that's good too. And start reading, read the Bible daily without fail and do what it says. And find a good Bible-believing teaching church. And these days it's hard to do. But, so you need to do that and start studying. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, those that have given their life to you, I ask you to continue to guide them, direct them, help them, bless them, Lord. And, and those who are still undecided in their thought patterns or whatever, I ask you to continually convict them in their hearts and let them think upon this from now on, every day, until they come to you in repentance. We ask this in Christ's name. So do it and do it now.